0: Hi, I'm Jess.
1: And I'm George.
0: And this is
1: Trans-pantastic, Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens in between.
0: The boy went away, but he's still your responsibility.
1: To an extent, yes.
0: The I, insurance. I expect
1: that as a, I am his parent, so. Yes. Mm.
0: And you have been dealing with, as you were saying earlier, goddamn motherfucking insurance.
1: Yes, mine.
0: And before that, it was his, too, because... His other mom messaged you and said, has he ever seen a gastroenterologist, a pediatric gastroenterologist? And we said, nope, because there's not one of those in our small town. Right. And she said, well, let me see if I can get him in to see one.
1: And I said, okay.
0: And she says, they won't take me because I don't have in-state insurance.
1: So his... Insurance has to be changed to the state that they're living in, which is apparently not a difficult thing to do. As with almost all insurance, especially state run insurance, there's a long period of waiting until they get around to getting everything in order because there's a long queue of other people in front of you that.
0: There is a wait time. The actual process is not terribly difficult when you're dealing with state run insurance generally. But the time period that it takes is rather extensive. And so immediately after she had submitted the application, then you get a phone call from the pharmacy
1: saying they can't fill his meds because he doesn't have insurance here. Now he doesn't have insurance in either place.
0: They shouldn't take off his current in-state insurance here until he has been approved for insurance there.
1: You know, insurance should and shouldn't do a lot of things, but they do. Yeah. And all they of it is do. usually wrong.
0: They do because they want more money. And the Affordable Care Act tried to make things more affordable. And all of the corporations said, but if it's more affordable, then we're making less money. So they did everything they could to get around it and still make you pay more. They did. And so now you are dealing with the goddamn motherfucking insurance. Yes. For your prescription antidepressant. Yes. Which you have been on for decades.
1: Insurance doesn't care about that. Insurance has a yearly cycle, and then they have a pre-authorization cycle. Yes. Which expires usually somewhere in an inconvenient point during that yearly cycle.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's like 15 to 18 to 20-something months. It's never an even year.
1: This time it's six months. Wow. Yes, Approximately. Since you had your last prior auth. Which was this morning. (laughs) And I actually had the prior auth last year, and I go to the doctor in 10 days to get the next year's prescription. Yes. However, the insurance changed on January 1st, and so...
0: They didn't transfer your PA to
1: the new... They had it in their system, but they didn't activate it because reasons, none of which any of them can explain to me anytime I call, nor could they figure out for the first 10 times why it wasn't transferring.
0: And when you say because reasons, in most situations, we're willing to accept because reasons as a reasonable explanation of you have a cause for doing something. And as long as it doesn't cause me a problem, you can have your own reasons for doing a thing. Yes. But now it's causing us a problem. So because reasons doesn't cut it.
1: No. And their their reasons, they don't even know what their reasons are.
0: You talk to, what, four or five different uh, yes. insurance techs by now, and yes. none of them can give you a comprehensive answer as to what's happening or why.
1: Well, typically, they like to give me the first answer they can come up with, which is, you have a $350 deductible. And I say, yes. So why are they asking me for $306.48 And then they say, because you're paying 20% of the overall cost of that prescription. Because it's not in the formulary. And I say, yes, I know. That's why I have a prior authorization. And then they try to talk you out of that. Well, you can have a prior authorization, but because it's a name brand medicine, I say, well, that's what the prior authorization is for. It's for the name brand medicine. Because I have a medical necessity to have the name brand medicine.
0: You have a reaction to the Mm -hmm. generic brand.
1: Yes. I also have a reaction to insurance companies.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which
1: I may may need a new medication for. Uh, but
0: can we just get a national system, really?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know.
0: Too many people with too many hands and too many pockets are going to keep that from happening.
1: Yeah, they are unreasonable about giving up their unfair share of gained income.
0: I think that's a fairly accurate uh, assessment.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> So once I, can ex- once I can talk all the insurance language right back at them, which I quite adequately can do, I can do that. Yes. And say, no, no, and explain it all back to them in their language. They say, oh, okay, let me find out why. And I'll say, good luck with that. Yes. I'll be right here on the phone. I'm not getting off today.
0: Now, out of personal curiosity, how much of your capacity for speaking healthcare language is due to your capacity as a healthcare provider as a mental health professional and how much of it is due to having done this a million and 12 times now?
1: All of it is the million and 12 times and none of it is my professional experience. And it tends to go along the lines of individual insurance like I have adequate vocabulary and phrase understanding syntax syntax for my insurance uh-huh and then i have um you know it, it's like do you speak russian do you speak spanish
0: do you yeah. speak
1: and then there's dialects
0: blue cross do you speak <laughs> medicare do you speak <laughs> medicaid do you speak chip do you speak
1: so i speak my insurance language i speak some of Number two, child's insurance language. Yes. And then I do have still a little bit of Social Security, but I'm rusty in that. My favorite thing of all time, though, with Social Security was when they were trying to tell me that they had changed something. So Social Security doesn't change their language very quickly. So it's likely that the language they spoke 10 or 15 years ago is very similar. Right. Right except for, you know, a couple of updates to things that they do. But overall, Social Security. Right. Social Security is not insurance language, but it is lumped in that pile because it's a government language.
0: Yes. And
1: government and insurance languages are written by attorneys. So.
0: Yes. (laughs)
1: um, Once the Social Security tried to say that number two child's mother at that time had that access to insurance through social security. And they said, oh, you." she moved from this state to that state. And so we, this was changed. And and I came right back at, at them with, that was not authorized. Yes. And they stopped and they went back and fixed it. So that was my favorite of all time. Because once you know what to say. When you have you the
0: right sp- language. If
1: you speak regular English, they come back at you with their language and shut you down. Hmm. But once I said it wasn't authorized, they were like, "Uh-oh, that's that's a thing I have to check now."
0: <laughs>
1: so you know, so with the insurance, I had to speak all the clauses and
0: techno babble,
1: techno babble, insurance
0: say- techno babble. <laughs>
1: And and then I had to today sound angry enough, but also apologetic because I didn't want the person on the other end not to help me. But I wanted them to understand that I was now angry enough that this was going to be their problem today to fix it for me.
0: Yeah, so There's a balance there. It's tricky because you're like trying to be pleasant to the person who wants to help you or at least whose job it is to help you. Mm-hmm. so that they don't get angry and give up and tell you, sorry, F off. But at the same time, you need them to understand, I am really frustrated with the situation. Not with you as a person, but with the situation.
1: Right. And, and then there's, I don't want to sound like just an angry, unreasonable guy on the phone.
0: I'm sure they get plenty of those on a regular basis. I'm
1: sure they do. And then here's the other factor, which we discussed when we went to the store to get a couple of groceries the other day. Typically, I want to get in the line of the female cashier because she's more, uh, she's keeping things moving along.
0: She's more efficient.
1: She's more efficient, yes. And I did get a female person answering the insurance line today. Okay. So I had some more
0: faith in the process.
1: I <laughs> hope that she could, yeah, I hope that she could resolve the problem. Her yes. abilities were sufficient. Uh huh. And typically, When a guy answers a phone, I know that I automatically have that now as a guy, that he wants to fix that for me. But I also know that his abilities are sometimes exponentially decreased compared to the female person answering the phone.
0: And this is something that we have observed over numerous years and that you have observed from both sides of the situation where when you were a female presenting person, you had to prove your worth and prove your competency on a regular basis. And if you were skating by on good enough, it would get called out. Now, as a man, your competency is assumed, except when it comes to certain things where the women are going to let you assume your own competency, but help you anyway. Like when everybody else was going to be out of the office and they assigned your uh, intern to say, "Will you just check up on George and make sure that he's doing the right thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the example with the insurance because it is January, but it's also the way things have been in the last few weeks. Where I I need to get something done, and I feel as I head out on the path to get the thing done, I end up on some gerbil wheel (laughs) and can't find my way off of it (laughs) to get the thing done.
0: You ordered your tires online.
1: Yes, which we have to do around here. Yes. Because... They don't just carry every tire for every vehicle at the tiny little places that are nearby. No,
0: no. You order them online and they get sent to the big box store and you make sure that you pick the one that has the tire center out of, you know, the three in town. And then you drive down to the tire center in town and you say, my tires, the internet says they're here. And they say,
1: okay, let me see. And I show them the phone and then they run around looking for them. And then they come back and say, there's only one. And I shake my head, that's not going to work. I <laughs> say, no, there should be three more. Correct. <laughs> so then they they try to find them and try to find them. And then they say, I'm sorry, but they are not here. I know that your, your email says they're here, but you're going to need to go back to the website and call them and and find out really where they are because they're not here. And so I I go to the web page and try to find it, deal with, you know, the ordering end of it and they they're quite insistent. Yes, those those are there. They're at the place where you sent them, where we you asked us to send them. So then I use the app and it says, Yeah, yeah, they're there. So I press the button and it says, Okay. We're bringing them to the pickup area so you can have them put on your car. And I go inside and, they, and I say, really? And they say, yes, yeah, sign this. And I sign it that I've received the tires, but all I have is a little piece of paper. And I go over to the desk where they get you in line for getting your tires put on. And they say, okay. And they run around with a little piece of paper this time. <laughs> And they come back and say no and then they give it to another person, that person like we did like four people.
0: Going up the chain of command from the tire tech to the no, tire. You manager usually
1: go up the and then sideways manager. and then sideways and then up. Yes. Because you can't Yes. you've got to have some more people try in between. And then they say, well, they find a, a woman who, again, here we go, is going to tell me what really happened, which I appreciate. It's always the
0: woman who knows what really happened. Because, because
1: she's used to solving the mysteries that the men have created. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I know this. I watched it over the years. Yes. And I'm, I'm not biased to, to not want to admit that like some cisgender guys might be, mm-hmm. you know, not having had the experience of seeing the other side. So she comes back and says, well, Because she told the guy who had had me sign the paper, did you check if they really got delivered? Because sometimes it says they're here, but you can check if they got delivered, not just if the system says they're here. And he he doesn't know how to do that, so she checks and um, she says, see... It shows here that there's three, three tires still in transit. And she used to work for one of those delivery companies, like a DHL or FedEx or something. Right. And she said, that's what happens if we can't get them there because of weather or out of time because of weather or something like that. We can keep them on the truck and get them there the next delivery day. Right. Which would be hopefully today. So we'll see if I get tires today.
0: After we're done recording, you're going to go to the big box store again. and
1: Yes, because I have the, I have the paper that I signed that says I picked them up, and then it's attached to the paper that says I picked up things that weren't there. So yes. I didn't really pick them up.
0: So you have proof that they still don't have your tires, and you yes. don't have them either. Yes. Okay.
1: And I have to go during the time period that those people are there. Right. And if they're not there today, then my plan is to go with the guy... Who, who wanted to just say, let's go to customer service and cancel it, and then you go online and reorder it, which seemed okay mm. to me. Well, that's what the girl said. She said, mm, I don't know if we should do that because this says they're in transit, and if we do that.
0: And especially after you had signed that you had picked them up, they had been checked out of the store, you can't really cancel an order after that.
1: No, we'd have to return them. But he'd have to tell her, He's returning a thing that is not really here. See, this is very complicated. It makes me worried because I spent $600 on those tires. Yeah. Which when when the girl saw how much the tires were each, she was like, and I said, yeah, they're expensive, but this is why I need these tires because the Uh ones I have on my car and other ones I've tried, I still slide. Uh So I have to buy the ones that are comparable to the stock tires. Right. But... Not quite as inefficient as the stock tires are in other ways, but anyhow. anyway.
0: <laughs> are they the noisy tires?
1: They're they're not noisy. The stock tires are very noisy. Yes, these are supposed to be quieter. Okay. So. Good luck. Thank you. I need it.
0: <laughs> so generally, it looks like women are doing things better than men because they kind of have to.
1: Uh, I I would say yeah.
0: To be taken seriously.
1: Yes, and they're used to the standard that they have. Yes. And they're quite adequate to the standard. (laughs) Yes. If we put men to that standard, they would all fail.
0: It's sort of like giving men birth control, and they all had to deal with the same side effects that women have been dealing with for ages, and not all of them, but a lot of them quit.
1: Right, because they don't become pregnant.
0: No, although it's worth mentioning in that same... Concept that the original experiments and the original um, studies on birth control for women were done on slaves and incarcerated women and women of color and women of low education and low income without their knowledge or consent. But yeah, men can often get by on good enough, and women have to work harder. So, this would is be- there a woman working on number two's medications?
1: That would be a good idea. I wonder how I could get that done. Hmm. If
0: if the government agencies in his new state are anything like the government agencies in our state, they are primarily populated by women.
1: Yes, and right now what's happening is it's not just his medication, it's the entire insurance transfer.
0: It is. It is, but thankfully we had gotten refills of meds as soon as they were available, so we had about a month's back supply. Because of the overlap of the refills. Yeah. So he he hopefully won't run out of meds while he's gone.
1: Well, and his meds have now all transferred to generic. So they can be purchased with like um, GoodRx or some kind of app that gets you access to a coupon. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so they can still be purchased if they need to be. Right. I haven't gone after his old insurance because I've been doing all these other things that I've been after, but I suspect also because I suspect they'd say, well, he's not in this state, so we don't care if he should still have insurance. Right. Just like Congress does not care if you still have insurance either. So some of these things should be more fair. I I know I'm just, you know, science fiction, (laughs) daydreaming, I don't know. But while everybody doesn't have insurance through the Affordable Care Act, then Congress shouldn't have any either. And the other thing is... If sexual interaction between males and females ended up that either one could become pregnant, watch how fast men started using birth control. Oh, yeah. We need to evolve to the point where that could happen, and then it would be more fair.
0: I find that unlikely. If for no other reason than the male doctors will cut off that genetic mutation before it even gets started.
1: Oh, yeah. They are on that, aren't they? (laughs) You know. Well, if there's enough women doctors in the lab, they'll sneak it back in and pretend it's not there, and nobody will (sighs) know. Science fiction and daydreaming.
0: Speaking of women being in charge, there's a woman in charge of our number two child. She seems to be doing a fairly good job now.
1: His mom is in charge of him, and he seems happy, like he's actually smiling normal in his pictures instead Uh, of doing that.
0: That weird, I'm trying to look cool, but my face doesn't do it right thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what else to call it. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He seems happy. He's not uh, bothered by my absence in his physical proximity. So, yeah. Um,
0: it was funny. You were FaceTiming him the other day and you brought the phone over and I said, hey, how's it going? I love you. I miss you. I said, I miss you first. And he just looks at me like, okay. <laughs> and I said, I love you. And then he says, I love you too. Uh-huh. Like he could respond to that, but he didn't know how to respond to being missed. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. And it was also funny. I told him I had been folding laundry and he said, that's nice. And I'm thinking, that's not what he'd say if he was here. <laughs> from a True. distance it's fine that I'm that you know there's laundry to fold.
0: Right. So and all of the things that he needs you were thinking the other day about like how nice it is to not have that constant background noise of one more thing that needs doing like you're able to actually focus on the insurance problem and the tire problem and your mother's health care and
1: my mother. Mm,
0: who calls you again the other day and says, my blood sugar is at 530-something, but it's no rush. Come over when you can.
1: And if I don't answer, then if I answer the phone, then I'm still alive. That's what she said.
0: Oh, my god! I guess I'm
1: still alive. <laughs> I'm holding my head now.
0: These are the things that you can focus on now that you're not focusing on, and you, like, listed off the other night as we were headed to bed, like, all the things that you would have been thinking about
1: things that you usually have to have in line for him ahead of time like his meds and you know his pull-ups and whatnot which I still have to deal with the meds a little bit until they get ironed out on the other side because she's not sure what to do while the insurance is not working.
0: And at this point as long as he has enough pills and he's really just waiting for an opportunity to see a pediatric gastroenterologist. He doesn't need any other doctor visits. He has his recent prescription, has a bunch of refills.
1: I sent every pull-up that I could find over there with him in his suitcase.
0: Yes. So he has enough of these things to last him at least a month, if not the 45 days that it says it takes to process a government assistance application.
1: Yeah, we're going to be getting pretty thin by 45 days. We might have to get one of the prescriptions filled. Right. But we'll see. We're, we're going to wait till it gets a little closer. And they do everything online there. So it's not like right. call somebody and find out what's going on. Yeah. They're going to refer you back to the online process.
0: My insurance, as it just rolled over this year, they want to switch all of our recurring meds to an online system. And I have to go online and look at the system, except I tried it three times while we were on winter break. And every time the website was either unavailable or 404, mm-hmm. which means... right completely unavailable, not even there,
1: which means probably
0: it did the Affordable Care Act thing and everybody got switched to that system and everybody's trying to sign up and it got overloaded
1: and crashed
0: and crashed. Yes.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, no worries. We won't have that soon.
0: Yes. (laughs) We only have one recurring med at this point now for number one child. The teenager has a regular med
1: no, I mean, we won't have Affordable Care Act soon, so oh. we won't have to worry about insurance crashing. Cause we'll it see be how end.
0: that actually falls out. Like I said, I, I don't know that they'll actually be able to do all the things. Have you read that? You read The Indivisible organizing guide, didn't you? Yes. People are actually doing this stuff and like calling their reps. And I can imagine that there are enough conservatives who don't want to lose their positions that they may actually start listening to their
1: constituents. And Some of them saying, just escape out the back door of the Congress.
0: Oh, I've seen that too. Yes. <laughs> but enough of them, I think, will be aware that if I piss these people off, they won't vote for me.
1: Well, can I just say, If you've been voted into office, isn't the idea not to piss the people off that voted you in? I mean, shouldn't you be...
0: You would think, but here's the thing that you need to understand about the conservative mindset, and we are going way off topic here, and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) There are a few authoritarian ideals that have been handed down from their religious concepts or their worldview that are not necessarily based in fact, they are based in some sort of ethical mindset about the way that the world should work. Caring for the poor should be the job of churches and charities. And feeding hungry children should be the job of their parents. And healthcare should be the job of the local community. Because all of this should be the way that it ain't. And the way that it never will be. But they believe that that's the way it should be. And so they're going to try and make it that way, even though actual facts say it doesn't work. And speaking of knowing from both sides, I grew up in that mindset. I grew up in a community much like that. I went to a Jesus college for my undergrad. And so I see a lot of these people who are like, no, this is the way it should be. And gay should be illegal. And trans should be illegal. And and the rest of us are thinking, um, there's this thing called science, and there are these things called facts, and they really exist. And your opinion is a cognitive construct. It is not a thing that really exists outside of your brain. Sorry.
1: Yeah, they're still not buying that. No, they're not. No.
0: They're not. And so that is that is really what we're up against at this point.
1: All right, well. Sorry. <laughs> it's not very encouraging. <laughs>
0: Um, there are more and more people who are walking away from those mindsets as they become experienced with facts. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's not a, you, you can't show someone enough facts and change their mind.
1: No. Isn't that a funny thing?
0: No. Like you and I, if we see science about the way that a thing works and then we're like, oh, this is the thing I've been trying to fix my other problem, but science says it doesn't work. I'm going to try something else now. For them, that will just reinforce their belief that they need to try the thing harder.
1: Or pray more or something.
0: Yeah, I mm.
1: the other mystery component for and, me. For me, it's a mystery component.
0: Yeah. And see, it, it's experience that helps these people oftentimes. and that's why I think it's so important in a lot of cases to be out if it is safe to do so. Mm -hmm. because that is the kind of thing knowing a queer person helps change people's minds on the queer knowing a disabled person helps change people's minds on disability coverage knowing a person of color knowing not just a person of color but many people of color becoming familiar with communities of color is what changes people's minds on the right ways to interact with communities whose cultures are different from yours. All the talking in the world and all the research and all the studies and all the facts are not going to change people's minds.
1: No, I think they plug it in way later after the experiences, if they're going to plug it in.
0: If there is not a socket in which to plug it in, then they will not plug it all. (laughs) Seriously, I yes, mean, like, if their yeah. worldview and their understanding of the way things should be does not allow for these new facts, then the new facts are not going to plug into their brain anywhere. The new facts are fake news. <laughs> Sorry,
1: <laughs> fake news. It's the term of oh, the for uh, fuck's sake of, of twenty seventeen. Yeah, no,
0: so. We were going to talk about how number two child is doing somewhere else, but we went off on all sorts of other tangents, and I think they were more interesting anyway, so... He's fine. He's fine. He's doing well. He's happy without us, and we're managing just fine without all of his extra work to do. I do miss him a little bit. Number three child misses him only when she gets bored. Yes. She doesn't miss him getting in the way of everything else that she likes to do. And if he were here, she would not miss him at all because she would wish he would go away again.
1: Because he'd be here. You don't miss somebody when they're there, usually.
0: No, but like, I mean, she wouldn't want his companionship if he were actually available.
1: (laughs) Yes, 90% of the time.
0: She would want him to leave her alone and she would ask, can I close my door while I? Yes. Yeah.
1: She's become a little more animated and talky.
0: Yes, she has become more interactive since her brother has been gone. She's coming out of her shell a little because I think she's less afraid to get, I don't want to say bullied, but that's what had happened numerous times before he got his meds settled. He would just be angry about something and he would just push her into the wall or elbow her for no good reason because she happened to be there and she was smaller and weaker and he could. Yes. And so now that she doesn't have that constant low-grade threat in the back of her head that you know, this person is going to dominate my parents' time and he's going to potentially cause me emotional distress at the very least. She has come out of her shell a little more around the house.
1: Yeah, she has. She's a little extra goofy and stuff, but she She, doesn't have to worry that if she opens her mouth that he's going to have to feel the need to run her over in order to, you know.
0: Feel like he's not as stupid because she said something smart. Yeah. She doesn't feel like somebody else is going to
1: argue with her or she uh, she purposefully argues with number one child
0: oh she does constantly
1: to the point where i I, they were out in the yard (laughs) the other day cleaning up and i said open the door and i said all right that's enough the neighbors don't need to hear any more of your nonsense (laughs) That's good. She goes on and on and on. She just doesn't stop.
0: No, but she's also spent a lot of extra time at her father's house lately. And he passively encourages that kind of interaction where she is turning into and physiologically also turning into an adolescent girl. And so she's going to get a little bit more attitude and a little bit more whiny, manipulative. And so when it comes to her teenage brother who is autistic and doesn't get the fact that she's being whiny and his manipulator doesn't work the same way. She gets mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And it's funny.
1: Yeah, because he listens to argument and he's as well. I don't think so because. And then he gives his reasons and then she argues with them.
0: Of course she does.
1: And that's what they do.
0: It is. But that's also kind of a typical older sibling, younger sibling dynamic. So it's good to see our kids acting typical, even if it's marginally annoying sometimes and heavily annoying on occasion.
1: I just go somewhere else. If she's in the kitchen arguing with him or egging him on so she can start an argument with him, I just go somewhere else. (laughs) That's great. I don't have to hear it. Yes. Because she's not going to stop.
0: No, she's not.
1: So it's better to just find a quieter place to be.
0: Yes, it is. So is that it for now?
1: I, I think that might be it.
0: Okay. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantasticgmail.com at or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! So, what are we talking about? The kid and not being here. How are your glasses, by the way?
1: Well, you know, I just had the other ones completely adjusted to the point where they were really wearable. And these ones now will probably need all those adjustments. Mm Mm-hmm. So...
0: So, for future reference, even if you find a comfortable pair of glasses, if the temple width is not long enough, then...
1: Well, they got, they got new temples for them.
0: No, no, not the length. The, the frame. The, the frame width. Yeah.
1: You said temple width.
0: The width from temple to... Te- not the temple length. Oh. Sorry. Well, the different, different websites, when I go on like Coastal or I go on iBuyDirect or all the different websites use different terms for each of those things.
1: Well, supposedly when you're getting it done at the eye doctors, they should get you the right size. Otherwise they cause themselves a lot of problems because I just keep going back.
0: You do, but the right size may not be available in different frames. Like some frames only come in that one size.
1: Right. So. And then they should steer you away from that one size or that one frame because it doesn't come in your size. Otherwise, they see George all the time fixing my glasses again and then me breaking them because I fixed them too much. <laughs> yes. And they deserve it. So we need to keep... Um, what is it when you keep changing, you know, through... Progress? No, no, no. No. There is no progress. (laughs) Progress.
0: (laughs) I am confused.
1: (laughs) Species change. Evolution? Evolution, yes. Thank you. Okay, back up and start the
0: sentence again. Okay.